Hello and welcome to Move the Line Prop Drop Show presented by WinBets. Don't forget, download the WinBet app today and a promo code 444 receive a risk-free $1,000 bets. I am Ryan Noonan. Joining me as always in this space, Connor Allen. What's going on, buddy? Uh, not much, man. Excited to get back at it. I think we had a pretty good week last week uh, on the show and just in, in general. I mean, it, it was solid to get back back to it and our winning ways. It felt good. Good. We had some good winners. Uh, prop stars here as well. Continuing to kill it. What's going on, Alex? What's up, Ryan? What's up, Connor? I'm stoked to be here. Do you guys get hype when you hear the intro music? I love that. <laughs> Dude, yeah. It gets me ready. Yeah, yeah. I love the intro music. Uh, we have some uh, We have some haters. Detractor. Really? We have one loud detractor out there. <laughs> he's the only hater. Um, but he's, you know, he uh, would like us to mix it up. He doesn't like the laugh. But I, He I, needs I, to I, get with the program because I, I hear it. I'm like, yeah, it's time for business. We're ready to cash some tickets yeah. and win some bets. He's old. You know, he's a grumpy old man who. Uh, yeah, he gets know. mad about the laugh in the intro. You know, he gets yeah. mad mm-hmm. about the. He's, he's like, man, you guys just got to do better. He's like, you're bigger than that. And I'm like, no, you know what? We're sticking to our roots. <laughs> this is it gets people hyped. It gets the people going. You know, this is year four for us doing. Move the line. This is our first year doing the prop show, but you know that's been our our intro beats from from the jump, and uh, you know we got to stay on brand. We got to if, it, keep if it's not broken, right? We don't fix it. Exactly. We can't change it because one dude wants it uh, wants it changed. So one boomer. Uh, one yeah, he's a boomer. He is definitely a boomer. Fast forward twenty seconds in, and we start talking, and you don't even have to worry about it. So, uh, as mentioned, we do have a Wednesday show. We have our game by game breakdowns midweek. Uh, Connor and I bring on some folks around the industry to basically uh, talk more sides and totals. This with Alex and prop stars in his zone of genius. Um, we don't share it with anybody. We just keep Alex on in his space and we talk about props. We talk about props that hopefully while you're listening, you can actually be um, in your app, on your tab, whatever your book is, on the phone with your guy, whatever, you, however you do it. Um, you could be placing these bets while we're talking about it. So um, you can find both shows on our YouTube page along in, with podcast form, wherever you can find podcasts as well. Rate and review. If you have the time, we really appreciate that. Uh, helps other people find us as well. You can also find some details in our show notes, uh, 444.com slash plans, how to get access to some of the tools we're going to talk about today uh, and getting our betting sub over at 444. So uh, let's jump into it, gentlemen. Connor, get us started. Uh, let me know what's your first bet. Yeah, so my first one, uh, Trevor Lawrence over 243 and a half passing yards. Uh, I think this is at DraftKings right now, minus 115. We talked about it on the Wednesday show a little bit here, but um, I think that the Jaguars are a little bit live here. And, you know, after coming off their, you know, game against Cincinnati where they looked a lot better, I think Trevor Lawrence is finally starting to get it together. Averaged nearly over eight and a half yards per attempt, completed 70% of his passes last time against the Cincinnati defense, which I think we're coming around on to be pretty good. Um, and right now the Titans that he plays this week, 26 in, in EPA overall, 28th in explosive pass rate allowed. Um, and, you know, they have not looked good so far this season. So I'm on the over there and I like uh, Lawrence to kind of continue his upward, uh, you know, upward trajectory here. And I think that, you know, like 250, 260 yards is, is no problem for him in this spot. That's a good call. I like it. I have something later that correlates with that. So it makes me feel good that you're back in the Lawrence play there. Um, I'm going to go with the quarterback under. I'm on uh, Matt Ryan under 265 and a half passing yards. That's available at points bet at minus 115. Uh, this feels like about 20, 25 yards too high. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Calvin Ridley out. We've really seen the splits. I know Connor's talked about it often. Like the even the Julio splits that we've seen with Matt Ryan, it just, it's just a different quarterback. And now 
we're going overseas, kind of out of their norm as far as, you know, structure of a week. And you're taking out, you know, really hasn't been dynamic like we've seen in the past, but he's still seeing wide receiver one alpha type work. And now we're pulling him out of there. And surprisingly, the Jets defense has been actually decent against the pass so far this season. Uh, Matt Ryan waited until last week to attempt and complete a pass uh, of 20 yards more down the field. It was kind of a broken play, really, even to Cordell Patterson. It's not even necessarily something that they're like scheming up. So now you're looking at, you know, Olamide Zacchaeus and hopefully the ghost of Kyle Pitts. Like, I don't know really what they're rolling out out there, but 265 for Matt Ryan feels way too high. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think our projections have been like 220. 220 change, uh, yeah. yeah. Insane. Yeah, it's gross. So anytime we can uh, find an under, especially when we have that much of a margin in the projection, feel pretty strongly about that one. So uh, Alex, what's your first one? Yeah, I totally like that one as well. I think it traveling overseas and the Atlanta offensive line, Ryan has not looked good. Yeah, it just seems like a perfect storm to fade him right now. So yeah, I'm totally with that one, Ryan. So yeah, my first prop is James Conner over 33 and a half rushing yards. I actually put this one in when we put our we uh, pre put our picks in uh, before the show goes on, and this was at 37 and a half. Um, obviously, I saved this prop for the show, and then I checked it a few minutes prior to us going on air, and it's down to 33 and a half, which is absolutely awesome news. So yeah, uh, James Conner over 33 and a half rushing yards at minus 115 at DraftKings. Um, the ex-Steeler has taken on obviously almost near a 50-50 role as far as early down work is concerned next to Chase Edmonds in the Cardinals backfield to start the season through four games. He's looked really solid. He's gone over in three of those four games. He's averaging 57 rushing yards per game. Um, he matches up pretty well against a 49ers defense that's allowing four and a half yards per carry. Connor's averaging 30 excuse me, 13.25 carries per game. I expect him to see a lot of involvement on the game on Sunday. Um, yeah, I have him projected in the high 50s. I also like this play because Chase Edmonds is dinged up. Um, we don't know if he's actually going to play. There's a chance he doesn't. I know he's going to be listed as questionable. If he does suit up, it appears like he's not going to be 100%. So I do think there's also a chance that the game plan could involve some more James Conner this week. And he looks to me like vintage James Conner, like the running back that the Steelers had and was very productive. Um, furthermore, I think we had official confirmation that Trey Lance is starting for the 49ers on Sunday, which tells me the Cardinals are five-point favorites. There could be some positive game script here. I think the Cardinals are a better team. I could see them leading in this game. Um, potentially going up double digits, leaning on their run game, who seems to be uh, the preferred option is Connor in that situation um, compared to Edmonds, who handles most of the uh, receiving duties. So, yeah, I also want to point out six different running backs have gone over this total against San Francisco. Uh, six different players, excuse me, five running backs have gone over this total against San Francisco. One of those players was Jalen Hurts. But, yeah, I think this number is way too low. Uh, 33 and a half yards, I think, is a steal. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that one a lot too, especially like adding on to that right now. Uh, San Francisco's run defense, 28th in explosive run rate and just 21st in success rate allowed. So it's not like they're, you know, the stout unit that their brand name gets. Um, you know, they're a little bit more susceptible than we think. And correlates well, like you said, uh, Alex, with the game script, right? Because we've seen a pretty clear delineage on how those two backs are being used. Obviously, uh, it's clear if something happens with Edmonds here and he's not involved, but in a game where they're five, five and a half point favorites at home sets up for a more of a Connor spot as well. I gave this actually a long look yesterday because I, you know, wanted to double down. I, I took a small piece of the Cardinals at four early in the week when it was kind of moving around. So 
yeah, I think 33 is a really nice number. I think we have a pretty strong lean on that over too. Um, yeah. Also, another really- another note to the listeners: this is one of those situations where if James Conner does, or if uh, Chase Edmonds does sit, um, like it should be a multi-unit play on James Conner's overs, like immediately. Um, Absolutely. You know, and a lot of like services, including ourselves, it's really tough to be like that fast because you usually have like about two to two minutes. Um, and I recommend downloading the Fantasy Life app or having Schefter's push notifications on, and that'll keep you updated as fast as possible because that'll beat DraftKings, and you'll have about a minute to two minutes to bet the over there, and that should be like you know a couple unit play in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's a good call. Same thing if you're you know a subscriber with us at four for four, like be in the Discord. Like if you are, we have a disproportionate number of subscribers and Discord members. Like there's there are people that are subscribing to our betting sub that aren't involved in the Discord. I know it's not for everyone, but you can set it up where like Connor's made it really easy where you can get those push notifications. Uh, and we've actually even started letting our subscribers know, hey, we're about to make a bet. It's coming. Here's the book. So that way, before we, we push it, you can be ready on the book. And when it hits, you can take action. It's the best that we can do because we're trying to get to the number as well. Uh, but we want to try to make sure – like we, we like to have a community wins whenever that's possible. So, um, yeah, the Fantasy Life app I, I highly recommend because, to Connor's point, it is faster than a lot of things out there. So, uh, Connor, your second bet, buddy. Yeah, so my second one, uh, I know it's a little bit low here already, but Miles Gaskin under 20 and a half rushing yards is at DraftKings. I was kind of surprised to see this even drop like at all. Um, You know, after last week, he saw a major dip in playing time relatively, you know, inexplicably played just 23% of the snaps, saw two carries. Now the Dolphins are 10 point underdogs against, uh, you know, Tampa Bay run defense, which is top five of DVOA and EPA and adjusted line yards allowed. Uh, who is matching up against the Miami offensive line, which is not very good at all. So, you know, the game service is going to be going against them. They're not motivated to run the ball given the situation. And Gaskin saw a major dip in playing time. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily going to stick, but even if he ends up in the five to six carry range, getting over 20 yards is a, is a lot. Like, that's a struggle for him. So unless he, be you know, reverts back to being like the, you know, lead back there um, all of a sudden and, you know, Tampa Bay lets up a little bit in the run defense, I really like this under here. Talked about this one on the Wednesday show. Basically, if we were to get any Miami running back props to jump on the unders, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Malcolm Brown out there as well. That is, I think, pretty viable as well. You you got that, Alex? Yeah, I actually called uh, in my weekly column that I write for Sportsline was, I think the number's down to as low as six and a half now, but I called Malcolm Brown under eight and a half rushing attempts. So, yeah, I'm also same line of thought. And, yeah, I agree. All those unders look I'm debating on playing the under on both rushing yards, to be honest, just because I, I think that there's a chance that one of them, you know, has like a better day, but I don't know, maybe that kind of like just probably screams push. So I think that for me, Gaskin just saw like the most decrease like recently, and we don't really know what's going on. Maybe he's in the doghouse. Maybe something happened. I don't know, but I'm probably riding that one, to be honest. Air ball in the passing game too is just really weird yeah, usage strange for, for him last week. So yeah, no, I – I get it. I take the Dolphins team under. Like there's lots of unders wherever you can get uh, on Miami. I think. Uh, next for me, Devonte Adams over 88 and a half receiving yards, uh, minus 114 on Fanduel. I mean, dude just doesn't go back to back games with less than 100 yards. It just it it hasn't happened. Um, going back to the you know last year, week six when he came back after the ankle injury, it just he. More times than not, is topping this number. But anytime he dips below 100, he comes back with a big one as well the next week. 
really, if you kind of think about how this game is going to go, there's a chance that Jair Alexander is out for Green Bay. That's a problem. Um, we're pretty bullish on what we've seen from uh, the the Bengals so far, and they could be without Joe Mixon. So even though we've been a little disappointed, they've been efficient, but we haven't liked necessarily like the pass rate over expectation. They've been throwing more on early downs than what we would expect. The, I think the combination of Mixon likely out, Alexander likely out, I feel like the path to least resistance for the Green Bay offense is probably through the air and the target share and market share of air yards that Devontae Adams sees is, is obviously astronomical. Um, this is one of those numbers where it seems high, but like the dude can get there in the half. Um, he just absolutely dominates. Um, MVS probably out again as well. So we're really not having to worry about like big plays from Randall Cobb or anything like that. So, you know, so we'll, we'll see uh, Adams be massively featured in this game. That could be a slow pace game, but the totals have been just steamed up. Throughout the week, it's up into the you know the low fifties now after being you know starting in the upper forties. So like Adams, anytime we can get him, I took plus money on his receptions as well. But love this number that's still out there on FanDuel right now at minus one fourteen. All right, Alex, your next one, buddy. Stay with the Packers. Yep, sticking with the Packers, Ryan. So my next one is AJ Dillon over six and a half rushing attempts. This one's a little bit juicy. It's minus one forty-five. I checked on MGM, but I'm riding with it. Um, yeah, Dillon is coming off of a breakout performance last week against the Steelers. He handled fifteen carries. He looked really good doing so, finishing with eighty-one yards on the ground. Aaron Jones has been banged up for the last two weeks. He's been on the injury report. He's been questionable. I do expect him to play, but he's obviously playing through an ankle injury. He's been limited in practice, like I mentioned. Um, I, I just expect the Packers definitely want to manage his touches, not overwork him this early in the season. He handled a lot of touches early on in the first few weeks. Um, we also know that Aaron Jones handles all of the receiving work in Green Bay's backfield, so it does make sense for them, for, to, for me at least, to them to continue to feature Dylan Moore in the early down rolls. Um, yeah, I'm also expecting Green Bay to take care of business versus Cincinnati. I know Ryan had mentioned this could be a slower paced game, but yeah, they're only three point favorites. I just like Green Bay to get up in this game. I think I don't think it's uh, it makes sense to overwork um, Aaron Jones, and yeah, I think AJ Dillon is a very good bet to have at least seven carries. Yeah, if it's garbage time, he he ate last week in garbage time. They definitely were conservative with uh, with Jones in that role. Uh, Connor, number three. Yeah, so my third bet is uh, Zach Ertz over two and a half receptions. Um, we played this earlier, a little bit earlier in the week. I did at least at minus 105, and now all the way up to minus 130. I think this should be, you know, even three, three and a half, to be honest, at this point. So it's more than playable still. Um, so Ertz has seen his target share increase every week this this season, and his routes run have nearly doubled last week. So, so far, his target share each week, 7%, 9%, 17%, and then 19%. Last week, routes run 15, 14, 23, and then 30 last week. He has seven and eight targets each of the last two weeks as well. Um, I mean, the Eagles right now second in pass rate over expectation, and the Panthers are 10th. So I expect this game to be, you know, a little bit faster paced and a little bit more plays run than normal. Um, And so Ertz in this point just seems to kind of be building on his role rather than what we thought, which is, you know, him kind of turning to dust and fading away. Like he – kind of just seems to be going the other way here and he's playing more and more and is trusted by uh, Jalen Hurts. So for me, if he's getting, you know, even in the five to six target range, you'll get two over two and a half receptions is more than comfortable for me. Um, so yeah, I like the over there a lot. I mean, he's like, he's playing more than Goddard. Like his targets yeah. per route run higher, uh, just raw target percentages higher, average depth of targets higher, air yards share. Like, you know, like you said, we, we thought he was going to be, 
traded or kicked to the curb and it was going to be Dallas Goddard's team. And now it's, you know, Goddard's still involved, but Ertz is like still, still heavily involved too. So yeah. it's a good call. It's one yeah. of those things where I don't think the sports books have like adjusted yet to like his actual role. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think that it's coming and they're going to keep adjusting, but like he should probably have three to four catches every week for the next, you know, handful of weeks. Yeah. Uh, and until they adjust the line to like three and a half or four, I'm going to probably just keep hitting the overs. Last week it was like 20 receiving yards. We points bet the over in our, in our group chat. Uh, it was a nice like 40 something X cash right there. So that was great. Yeah. Uh, do you want to add to that, Alex? No, I, yeah, I love that as well. You guys mentioned, um, snap count and when he's on the field they are just passing the ball pretty much primarily so yeah I, he's this role is expanded every week um yeah i think that's a great play i agree it should be between three and a half or up to four so yeah i love it as well my next one is uh manny sanders over 51 and a half receiving yards this is also on fanduel at minus 114 uh, consistently strong role even though he really wasn't you know, showing up in the box score in the first week or two uh, running around on 88% of the snap so far, uh, 17 and a half average that the target leads the team. So does his 30% target or air yard share as well, which you got to love to see in a game like this. It's 56 and a half total on Sunday night against Kansas City, which has the worst defense in the league right now. They are just um, across the board, giving it up, um, really slowing no one down. And uh, want to be buying Sanders uh, anywhere we can. He's been targeted on 17% of the routes, which is, you know, they kind of balance it out. But really only Arizona's running four receivers more than Buffalo is. But Sanders is involved in two receiver sets there as well. So we love to see it, take advantage of anything that we can get on Kansas City side. Our projections have him at 72. So we're getting basically a 20-yard bump here. Feel pretty good about that one. Um, Alex, what's your next one? Love that one, Ryan. Yeah, so my next one is Sammy Watkins, over three and a half catches. This is currently plus 100 after DraftKings. Um, yeah, I'm buying in on this new um, high-volume passing attack via Lamar Jackson. They have all the backfield injuries we know about. They're relying more on their passing game more than ever. Uh, Watkins leads the team in targets and target share. He has four catches in all four games. He looks really comfortable in the offense to me. He's healthy. He's had at least seven targets in each individual game. Uh, Rashad Bateman on the, with Rashad Bateman on the shelf, he's playing a full-time role in two wide receiver sets. Yeah, I just love what I look, I've seen from him. He just looks like a natural fit in the offense with the amount of attention Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews commands. It puts Watkins in some really favorable, advantageous situations. So, yeah, I just love that we're getting plus money on this. I'm all in on Watkins over three and a half catches. I'm on anything that gets uh, a win for the Ravens on Monday night. We need that one in a Yeah, big time. I, I tailed your, your look at it there, minus six and a half. My man, uh, look at you. Yeah, let's go. Me and me and JD, I actually put some in for Daigle as well. Uh, you know, my, my FanDuel account's looking a little thin because we went so heavy on it. But, you know, it's all right. I, I think it'll be worth it. It'll all come back. So. It'll all come back Monday night. Yeah. Maybe Tuesday morning with FanDuel. But, you know, I mean, it'll come back. Man, the more I think about that game, honestly, just the more I think that, like, the Ravens are just going to steamroll them. Uh, Third like, straight road game for the Colts. Yeah. And, I, I mean, we're pretty down on them as a team in general. Like, I think the Ravens win by, like, 21 you know like i think it could be a massive win could be a massive one all right before we uh we have one more to go before we do uh if you're watching uh jump in the chat let us know if you have anything after we get through this next round of props we want to handle any questions that you have so uh if there's something that you're considering out there right now let us know uh we're going to take some questions at the end fire off our thoughts and, and uh you know, let you know if that's something that um you should be firing at or something we want to tail or uh, any thoughts on it. We're happy to give you some confirmation bias on stuff you've already bet as well. So uh, Connor, bring us home with your last one. 
Yeah, so this one, uh, I didn't realize that we were going to have so many Packers ones, or I guess I did. I just wasn't paying too much attention to the show sheet. But uh, Alan Lazard, under two and a half receptions. Uh, so in four games this season, and then you find this a plus money, by the way, DraftKings. Um, it's available like plus 130, I think, at this point. So in four games this season, he has a combined five receptions, despite playing 65% of the snaps. He's yet to record more than two receptions in a game. And I get that, you know, MBS is sidelined and people anticipate Lazard's role to increase. But really, we saw the biggest role increase from Randall Cobb. Um, you know, Lazard only saw three targets on 36 pass attempts from Aaron Rodgers last week, despite playing 79% of the snaps. I think this kind of goes back to the whole theory behind, like, why players are targeted. And I think a lot of it said, like, players are targeted because they earn targets, like because they get open or because they have trust with the quarterback. And that's like targets are generally or oftentimes a barometer of skill, especially in the long term. And right now we're just not seeing it from Lazard. Um, and so I think in this in this spot here, I like the under at plus money. Uh, we have projected for 1.4 reception. So for him to get to three, I think he only sees, you know, four targets max and probably two to three. So there's a chance he isn't even targeted three times. So I like the under there a lot as well. That son of a gun owes you too. Yeah, I was going to say I have massive respect for you, Connor, not being afraid <laughs> to go back to the well, not being deterred after we had the Lazar under, obviously, a cash. I loved the play at the time. I love this play. But, yeah, I, I have massive respect for that. Not a lot of people yeah, would. Watch, uh, now he's going to catch, like, five two-yard passes or something like that. You know what I mean? It ended up, like, 10 yards. And it's over under. I saw it was over under 33 yards, but I was like, can't do that. Can't, can't do that. Yeah, well, Cobb's going to get hurt, and then the Lazar's going to come in and get peppered on one drive, and then uh, – you know, barely playing oh snaps. man, we don't need to bring that up again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a running running thing right now in my bets. So yeah, he's due. He's due to give you some money back when you get some Lazard cash back into Connor's wallet this week, and uh, you can double down on that uh, that Baltimore Monday night one. Get it all back in one fell swoop. Uh, my last one here: Lavisca Chenault over fifty-seven and a half receiving yards uh, available still minus one fifteen at MGM. I took a fifty, or I took a fifty-six and a half on Tuesday. Uh, there's some fifty-eight and a halfs out there, depending on your book. Um, I, I would take that uh, anywhere, really under sixty, confidently. Obviously, DJ Shark out of the picture. Uh, target tree condensing around Visca and Marvin Jones. We're going to see a little mix of basically Tavon Austin and Jamal Agnew, probably in what had been in the past the Chenault role. Because um, if you look at how Chenault was used on Thursday night when Shark went down, it was basically in the Shark role. Um, his target share has gone from 21 to 12, all the way up to 33 uh, in that game. Average depth of target did the same. He went from 5.6, 6.3, all the way to 13.4. So, again, being used massively and being used down the field as a field stretcher more than this, like, at the line of scrimmage guy, which we love to see. Lots of good coach speak coming out from Daryl Bevel and Urban Meyer, which we love to see. Again, even if the ADOT kind of falls back into like the seven and a half, eight range, and he's going to see a target share north of 20 or even at 20, uh, he should get there comfortably against the t- a Titans pass defense at 28th and pass success rate allowed. There's really nothing there that scares us. Could be negative game script, 48 point total. Love Visca. Um, anywhere you can get him. I took his over on his receptions um, at four and a half. It's, that's gone. But uh, I think he's a big, big part of uh, the, the game plan this week. Uh, Alex, bring us home, buddy. Yeah, so my last one might not be the most popular selection of the night, but I'm riding with it. It's Jacoby Brissett, over 237 and a half passing yards. 
playing Tampa Bay, we saw Dak throw for over 400. Matt Ryan had 300. Stafford went for 343. And last week, Mac Jones, 275. Brissett has not been great this season. But if there was ever a matchup to back him, I feel it's this one. Tampa Bay is giving up the most receiving yards per game, first in passing attempts per opposing passing attempts per game, opponent completions per game. Uh, some of the projections that I really trust has him projected in the mid 270s. So this is obviously a huge edge and partially why I'm backing him. Uh, Miami's a 10 point dog. The game projects to be a perfect game script for Brissett to air the ball out a ton. The only scenario I see Miami even competitive in this game if they're throwing the ball a lot. We know how stout the Bucks are up front. Connor mentioned first in DVOA and rushing. Um, I don't even think they're going to attempt. We're also backing all these um, under rushing attempts and rushing yards for various Dolphin running backs. But yeah, I don't even expect Miami to attempt to run the ball very much against this Tampa Bay front. So yeah, I am going with Brissett over 237 and a half passing yards. That was at minus 115. Yeah, I don't hate that. I got a piece of uh, Devontae Parker over 52 and a half. I know there's some questions on if he plays. Um, I feel like he probably will. They just, they, I think they have to have him out there. So making, managing him in practice makes sense because otherwise it's Wall and Gasecki. Like, I don't know what they're going to be rolling out there. Um, uh, Little Preston Williams for the first time. <laughs> Preston Williams did dust him off because, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know what's left. Maybe Gaskins in the slot, so we don't want to use uh, any of those under. They might put you in the slot, Ryan. If uh, <laughs> Devontae, take it, man. Play. You know, I got the size. I, these hands are pretty solid. You know, I played flag for a few years. I'm I'm ready to go. Leads <laughs> are upstairs. Um, Connor always makes me play soccer. I've been trying to get the guys to play flag football for for a while. So um, I'm glad you could see it, Alex. I'm into play some flag some flag football as well. I mean, I still that's, got that's it. Fun. Yeah, that's, I'm into it too. They're probably not tackle. I have too many, you know, recreational injuries at this point in my life for being my age. Uh, yeah, so. no, not enough have, recreational drugs. Uh, for that <laughs> that's why you guys have to come to Portland. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if that's an invitation, you know, I'll be there in, in a couple of weeks, probably. So don't worry. <laughs> Love to see it. All right, a uh, couple of questions that we have from Twitter earlier. We have uh, Matt Ryan um, from. Sableizer, I'm not sure what that is. Matt Ryan over a half of an interception. Uh, I know it's not a sexy play, but I like it. What are your thoughts? Um, these these uh these binary plays are not necessarily my favorite thing per se. Um, Connor, do you have a thought on Matt Ryan over a half of an interception? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess kind of what you're saying makes sense. So far this year, he has three in week two and then none in the rest. So, I mean, if that's your thing, you know, go for it. But I, I don't really think that it's like there's much of a lean. I'd love to hear the reasoning behind why. Um, but I don't know. It's just not something that I could really get behind. Yeah. yeah. Alex, any leans here, buddy? Yeah, I agree with both what you guys said. Um, furthermore, I did see someone mention uh, in regards to interceptions in both of these games. I don't think the Falcons or the Jets defense have yet to record an interception. So I saw that as a reason why someone was backing this play earlier. So I, again, that's not enough uh, data for me to get behind something, but yeah. Yeah. Again, bad secondary for New York. Like, you know, the corners aren't good. Uh, you know, the, it's just not a, it's not a place where I would, I feel like we're kind of trying to short, Matt Ryan passing yards too. Maybe they're less aggressive with, you know, pass plays here too. So again, unless you feel you got like a really strong lean there, uh, I'd probably stay away from something like that. 
Um, Leonardo, what are your thoughts on Winston under 17 and a half completions? Um, Two-part question. So we'll start with that. Uh, Jameis, under 17 and a half completions. Doesn't feel like a lot, Connor. Um, Let me look and see real quick where we have our projections at for Jameis. So we Um, have him actually projected at 18.8, but the last four weeks he's been under that number um, by a decent amount. I think last week he was right at 17. So, um, I mean, he's gone under four straight weeks, and now given the matchup, I mean – I don't know. Probably a lean under, but not something I would jump to play. Yeah. Alex, you got a lean? Yeah, I would lean under as well. Um, yeah, I don't think this matchup necessarily um, is a friendly one for him. Um, yeah, I expect more of the same from the Saints, just a heavy um, Camaro-based game script, lots of rushing. I think they're going to continue to minimize Winston. And, yeah, I would lean under, but not a strong, not a strong uh, play either way or feeling either way. Uh, also, he's got a question on Pittman over five or four and a half uh, receptions on Pittman. Uh, Alex, we, we failed. We didn't get Pittman yeah. props this week. Where were the Pittman props? Guys? I, I, the one week we take off, I, I'm worried about Marlon Humphrey. I think he's going to see a lot of him in coverage. To me, Marlon Humphrey is the best cover corner in the NFL. If he's not, he's one of the three or four guys. He's criminally underrated or probably not underrated in sharp circles. But, yeah, I think he's going to be following Pittman around all over the field. Um, yeah, I think he's a tremendous cover corner. I think this is a spot where – one of the only spots with Pittman at this number. I, well, I do think it's a friendly number. I'm, I'm personally avoiding it. So he probably just gets five and then calls it a day, you know, because he's Pittman and he knows he's out here to cash overs. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, a light day with uh, with the Colts again. I, a part of it was I stayed away. I had said earlier in our in our chat because um, someone asked me where was the um, MF and Pittman bets, and I said. I emotionally want to hedge anything that has to do with backing the Colts in that spot, because if things go well on Sunday, I'm going to really need the, uh, <laughs> need the Ravens in a big way. And I don't want to be cheering for anything Colts related. Uh, We're saving Pittman for next week. Well, yeah, we'll put him in our pocket and uh, yeah, wait till he gets back home on the fast turf. Um, another question from Twitter before we jump into some of these YouTube ones, uh, LaVisca rushing prop over one and a half yards. Again, some of these are just – it basically doesn't get a handoff. It happens often, um, you know, similar to like Bob Woods. They, you know, these are these are tough. But, again, knowing that there's just fewer mouths to feed in Jacksonville, I could see the case for it. Alex, do you have a thought on this one? I personally would look the other way, Ryan, just because, I like, you had mentioned how he is going to be taking on more of Chark's role. True. Um, from that standpoint, I, I would expect him to be – use less closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, I know they manufacture touches a lot for him when he was playing in the slot, but yeah, he's probably going to be running his routes deeper down the field. I expect a deeper um, a dot. So yeah, I don't think they're going to need to necessarily um, be creative with him. Like they have been in the past to get the ball in his hands. If he is, and it does like after seeing, it was very um, encouraging after seeing after Chark went down, how he kind of uh, assumed his role. Uh, to a T. So yeah, I'd actually think that this would be a week to avoid that prop unless you had a, you know, strong lean on it. But yeah, I, I'd look a, a look to know or under. Yeah. yeah. Hard to have a strong lean on it. I think that's probably the point too, but I think you make a really good case. So, um, all right, let's jump into some of these here. We got uh, Brandon Ayuk over on three and a half receptions. Um, interesting, obviously now with George Kittle out of the lineup here, um, we can see we actually our projections are updated without Kittle. Uh, again, he's just been limited. He's really sharing work with like Trenton Sherfield, which is just really bizarre. 
um, Alex, do you have a lean on IU getting uh, more of a role? Yeah, it's tough because if we had some more insight into, you know, his um, snap or target distribution or, yeah, snap distribution, I, I would have a stronger play. He looked really promising in the primetime game. Was that um, – two weeks ago against Green Bay um, where he had five catches. But, yeah, not knowing he's still splitting work, obviously, without Kittle, you have to think that some targets would be up for grabs. But, yeah, it still seems like he's not fully out of the doghouse, or at least Shanahan isn't fully trusting him yet. So it's hard to back him, in my opinion, in this spot. I'm concerned taking any, like, volume receiving overs for the 49ers right now because you're looking at a team that is probably going to run the ball as much as they can, and then when they're not running the ball – you know, they're going to be – Lance has uh, been pretty, you know, not – he's not been very accurate so far, but he's been explosive. So, you know, it's like if you're going to take something, I'd probably take the yards. Um, if you're not going to take that, like the, the receptions, like, I mean, Lance could complete like, you know, 15, 16 passes all game. Uh, and so for him to catch, you know, four of those passes, I think he's asking a lot given his current role right now, which is pretty unknown. So Totally. I, I mean, that, even coming into the year, I think that we're going to see – if the 49ers can get the running game going, we're going to see a run-heavy approach with Lance throwing the ball like 25 to 30 times. Yeah. No, I agree with that that thought process too. Um, we got a bunch of them here. Do our best. Brandon Cook's over 64 and a half yards. Um, man, again, backing anything Texans-related in Davis Mills is really hard too. The Patriots' defense – even without Stephon Gilmore, they are second in past DVOA. There's a reason that they kind of played this game with Gilmore. There's a reason they were comfortable releasing him and letting him go. You know, they do have a strong secondary without him. And uh, I think the offensive line for the Texans is going to be a problem. I think New England's going to get a lot of pressure. It would be a, a, a long, painful watch, I think, with Cooks. Um, anyone have a lean on this one? Yeah, I fully agree with your uh, line of thinking, Ryan. I think it would be a very painful one that would likely um, require uh, the Patriots going up multiple scores and then playing some prevent defense in the fourth quarter and some garbage time. And, yeah, it's just very hard right now to back anything Davis Mills related. And, yeah, as you mentioned, New England has a terrific secondary, fantastic defensive scheme. J.C. Jackson is one of the best um, kind of unknown, unheralded cornerbacks in the NFL. I expect him to be stuck on – cooks for this game so yeah i have a really hard time backing him yeah um derrick henry big dog over two and a half receptions plus money at plus 120 um was interested to see he really didn't get a ton of work in the passing game last week after really being a prominent member of the passing game and last week thought you thought he would considering that we didn't have aj brown or julio jones uh connor any thoughts on the big dog eating this week against jacksonville um, no, I think that I would lean towards re- receiving yards rather than receptions. Right now, his receiving yards over under is just like 15 and a half. Um, he can get there in one play easily, uh, one screen. But he's been seeing a decent amount of work, as you mentioned. Uh, he's gone over that number actually in every game so far. And then uh, we projected for 27 receiving yards. So uh, I think that that's probably the way that I would play this, if anything. Connor, do you think A.J. Brown's status in the game um, has a positive or negative effect on Henry's receiving prop? Um, I would say actually positive. I know that generally um, like it's better to have less competition, but I think it's only to a certain extent, Um, you know, like it's important to have other threats of receiving that, you know, can just alleviate pressure on certain things that kind of open up the field a little bit more more because right now, like who's opening up the field of the Titans? Like why would you respect the Titans passing attack at all without AJ Brown and Julio Jones? You shouldn't. Um, And so, you know, if you're looking at even like Henry catching a swing pass or a screen, like it's just a lot more, I think, predictable for the defense and, and a lot harder to respect. We'll stay with the Titans. Thoughts on Tannehill over 11 and a half rushing yards. 
Um, these are, I love these. Uh, I love these are the ones I try to like, I actually every week try not to bet some of these that I really want to. And Tannehill is one that I always look for because he does have, you know, low key scrambling ability. Um, again, I sometimes, and I would like to maybe dial back and look at the ones I pick. I try to pick these in scenarios where a, the quarterback is a willing runner on his own and B where the uh, opposing defense gets a higher than league average pressure rate. Because then you have, you're forced to have some more of those like unscripted tuck and runs. I don't think Jacksonville kind of fits that bill. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on Dan? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I look at that as where I try to look for defenses that are primarily playing man defense as well. And yeah, like yeah. you said, high pressure rate. And yeah, Jacksonville doesn't really uh, check those boxes. So this would be actually one spot that I do like a lot of QB rushing props as well. But yeah, this is kind of one of them. I, I don't think uh, I'm not playing the under, obviously, or not playing the under. But yeah, I'm not looking over either or just kind of a stay away. Uh, Connor. Uh, Darnell Mooney over 49 and a half yards. Uh, Mooney is really, if you kind of look at how he's being used, he's being used as aggressively, if not more than how they were using, um, you know, Allen Robinson deep down the field, you know, similar target share, um, nice spot against the Raiders. We saw a little bit more encouraging use last week with the way that Bill Lazor's calling plays um, thoughts on Mooney in the spot against the Raiders at 49 and a half. Yeah, I, I like that, actually. I think that that's very much in play. I also think that um, the like our longest completion prop is actually might be better for Mooney. Uh, I'm not really sure what that's at, but probably in the 20-ish range, 25 range. Uh, I think that's just, just as good um, because um, I'm not sure that uh, Fields is going to be as consistent as he was last week. But uh, the one thing that stood out to me from being at the game was just that how accurate he was in deep spaces and like how he was just dropping the ball in perfectly and – we know there's going to be at least one or two deep shots to Darnell Mooney. You know, we, they've limited Fields' attempts so far to, like, you know, whatever, 20-ish a game, you know, 25, like, max. And, and they're really trying to keep him, like, in a low-volume kind of role right now. Um, and I think that we're going to see those attempts. I just don't know when it's going to come. So, for me, it's the longest completion prop rather than uh, receiving yards. Like yeah. Uh, sorry, just to jump on. I fully agree with your take as well, Connor. I like this prop as well. Um we have limited sample size um, regarding fields, but just based on the data that we do have, his favorite target is Mooney. He's looking at his way as a much higher target share um, than Allen Robinson. So yeah, he seems to be the preferred target. He has good chemistry with fields. Uh, yeah. So I think he is, um, yeah, I prefer him, especially if you get a lower number than Allen Robinson. And yeah, I would back him in the spot. Our projection there on Mooney is about 56 and a half yards. So light lean over, but uh, again, just medium projection. The way that Mooney's being used, there are some deeper ADOT stuff too. So he can, you know, when he goes over, he can go over in a nice way. Um, Jet side from James. Any interest in Jameson Crowder over 52 and a half or Corey Davis over 59 and a half? Like James, Jameson Crowder came in last week and saw like alpha work um, from like targets per route run. Uh, really kind of insane usage. Again, Elijah Moore was in the concussion protocol. He's back this week. So I would proceed with caution on any Crowder uh, overs because we really don't know how that's going to play itself out. Corey Davis, though, isolated. He somewhat has a uh, insulated role. Um, Alex, do you have any leans on Davis here on the road 
in London against the uh, the Falcons. I prefer Crowder in this spot, but I'm actually looking more towards receptions. I, I do understand that Elijah Moore coming back, he could potentially be stealing some snaps um, in the slot from Crowder. I do think Crowder is the more trusted option. I do think he's going to primarily play in the slot. And we've seen um, Zach Wilson just has a complete affinity for the slot. Uh, I think in the three previous games, he had targeted Braxton Berrios, who was playing the slot role for the Jets 21 times. So yeah, he is just heavily leaning and looking towards whoever is soaking up those snaps from the snap uh, slot. I do expect it to be Crowder. I know he had nine uh, targets, seven catches, 60 yards and a touchdown. But yeah, I personally, I do actually like Crowder in this spot, sort of a security blanket for Wilson, who has just you know shown a proclivity to spam the slot. Yeah, no, good call. We don't really know what's going to happen there. So I think there could be some buying opportunities for sure. Um, let's see. Quintus Sivas. Been doing well lately, playing Minnesota. Negative game script expected. Um, 39.5 minus 114 on Quintus Cephas. Uh, that does not get me out of bed in the morning, but I don't know if uh, someone else has a lean on uh, Quintus Cephas. He's or... been all, he's been all over the place. I mean, what, he's gone over this number twice and like way under this number twice. Uh, and Our so, projections are right there too, 41. Yeah, I, I, he has been playing well, and I think that there should be volume. Um, but yeah, just not something I'm stoked to take. Take more fun players, you know. Like yeah. if you're going to grind out a, uh, a Quintus Sivas prop. Like there's a lot on the board. Come yeah. off. Right? There's the Khalif Raymond love. Yeah, you got you got to have something like this. To be honest, like um, you got to have a massive edge. I would think like you would have to, to find like that there was a a massive discrepancy of whatever projection you have, or think that the book made a, a blatant error or something like that. You know, something like that where we just have like two yard edge. Um, it's not something that I'm going to jump on unless it's someone like a Devonte Adams where I feel like, okay, I can reverse engineer how I think the game's going to play out. And we know what his target share is. There's just a lot of moving parts to a Quintus Sivas projection uh, in this type of spot. So I would uh, find somewhere else on the board to go. Uh, Davis Mills under yeah. 207 and a half passing yards. Um <laughs> Man, I don't know if it changed while he was typing. This is now down to 188.5. No, I, I looked at this actually when it started the week and it opened at 207. Um, and I was like, oh, that seems perfect. I'm gonna bet this. And then, like, got off work and it was down to like 198. And I was like, oh, that sucks. I was like, okay, well, it'll probably go back up to like 200 at other shops. Wait till FanDuel opens it. Since then, I've gone down another 12 yards. So, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, holding nothing, holding the bag. Uh, <laughs> but I was definitely in on that 200, under 200. Still think under 188 is fine, actually, to be honest, too. Uh, given the past defense has been really strong, Davis Mills has been, I mean, beyond bad in most scenarios. He's shown signs of success against a depleted Carolina defense after, you know, mid-game J.C. Horn went down. Uh, but And then last week he had like three passing yards at halftime uh, against the Bills. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm on the under. He's just not, he's not a starting NFL quarterback. Uh, like, you know, 188 yards is a big ask for him, I think. I agree. This one's fun. We were waiting for this one. Trey Lance over 41 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DK. I think he dropped at 40 and a half. Uh, it's a tick higher than our projection. I think we haven't projected for 36 rushing yards. But what I will say, Arizona is giving up the highest rate of explosive runs in the league so far this year. That's runs 15 yards or more down the field. Again, I'm trying to temper expectations. Like we didn't see a great display of, of Lance as a passer last week, but I think there is something to the, the effect that 
they didn't have the Lance package dialed up last week. I don't think that they – I think that they have a group of plays that weren't necessarily in the game plan last week that, um, that will be this week. So be some design runs and some spots that are going to make him um, – you know, play 11 on 11 and then make things a little bit easier for him. So you see a lot of RPOs, uh, a lot of options. So again, even though our number's a little bit lower, this is the anti-Quintus Cephas play. This is a, you're watching this game and you are cheering for him to go off and just to tuck and run a couple times. Uh, this would be a fun one to get on the right side of. It's a little high. We kind of got caught in the spot a couple weeks ago with the Justin Fields stuff where everyone was waiting for that number. They got absolutely steamed to like mid-50s which I could see happening here with Lance. Uh, we're not there yet, but uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on 41 and a half? Yeah, I'm with you. I was hoping this would be somewhere in the mid to high 30s. Uh, did open a little higher than I anticipated, but I, I agree they're going to have to, for the 49ers, in my opinion, to be competitive in this game, there's going to have to be designed running plays. Lance is going to have to use his legs. I'm anticipating him using his legs. Um, yeah, there's going to be, I think, Arizona obviously can provide the necessary pressure to get him outside of the pocket as well. And so, yeah, I do think the game plan is going to involve Lance running. There's going to be designed runs, RPOs, like you would mentioned, Ryan. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking over at this. I could also see a scenario where it continues to steam up, like you mentioned as well. So, yeah, I like it. I don't know what are your thoughts, Jimmy? Yeah, I, I think the question is, are we going to see Trey Lance be Justin Fields' level usage where they're, you know, are they going to design those runs? Right now the Bears are designing, like, no runs for Fields, uh, which sucks. Um, or are we going to see, like, a Jalen Hurts type of player, you know, where he's just dropping back and, rip, you know, running anytime he can uh, and just, like, is so much faster than everyone else, like, especially the linebacking core. Um, I mean, he looked good in, one, in some of his runs last week. Uh, he looked just electric. So, for me – Probably a stay away, maybe like a live bet in game, kind of just like watch and see how he's been playing. Uh, because I don't really know. I think it could be one of the two options. Like Justin Fields is certainly plenty athletic, but he just hasn't really, you know, been running as much the last two games. So that over under result, by the way, all the way down to 28 and a half. I think that we're pretty close to a buying opportunity here as he becomes more comfortable. Interesting. It'll be a fun one to watch for sure. Um, we'll do another one. Mahomes, 16 and a half rushing yards against the Bills. Same situation. You could always give me on Mahomes. Rushing yards, he is not afraid to run it. Um, runs first downs, extends plays. Again, there's we should be expecting a high level of play volume in this game. Fifty six and a half is the total. Um, there's not going to be a spot where really, uh, I, I'd be really surprised if either of these offenses aren't still in go mode come you know late fourth quarter. So it's not going to be a scenario where Mahomes is going to be cautious. They're going to be in like this run heavy game script or anything like that. So. Again, this is one of those – I don't have a massive lean on it, but, again, if you want something fun to bet when you're watching Sunday Night Football that uh, kind of has a low threshold, it can go over nicely. Um, these are the ones that we like to points bet sometimes too, Connor, um, these you know quarterback rushing yards when they have a little bit of a ceiling. And Mahomes does uh, outside of really when he had you know the, uh, the injury last year in the playoffs. Uh, Alex, any thoughts here? Yeah, I like this as well. This just projects to be a highly competitive game where, you know, you're not having to worry about necessarily um, the Chiefs, you know, taking their foot off the neck of the Bills because this game looks like it's going to be like four quarters from two very competitive teams. And, yeah, Mahomes is not afraid to use his legs. He gets out of side of the pocket a lot. And, yeah, I agree this is a good spot to uh, buy in on it. And, yeah, I personally like this play. I don't know why I've always thought that uh, taking like rushing yards overs from like quarterbacks and like more fragile players in games where it's going to be competitive or playoff games is just like way smarter because rather than throwing the ball away, like they'll 
grind that extra like two yards or three yards and or at least like try and scramble and i don't know maybe you know i haven't back tested that officially but i i i feel like they're rushing yards like mahomes always rushes for so many more yards in the playoffs and he's like putting his legs to work whereas in the regular season sometimes he does but only if it's open you know what i mean he'll try yeah. to use his arms at all costs which it makes sense try and save his health you know what i mean uh in this game though i like it i think the over is definitely in play I think that logic checks out. I mean, without, again, having back-tested it, I know we've talked about in the past because I think we went pretty heavy last year on a Mahomes rushing uh, number in the playoffs. I think maybe it was the Browns game when he went down. But, uh, yeah, I think it makes sense. Uh, two more real quick. This one's been in here. Uh, Pat's O-line issues with COVID. Any angles there? Pat's actually have a pretty deep offensive line bench. Um, they are going to be able to fill in with guys that are probably NFL starting caliber. It is one of the strengths of the team. With that said, I believe Connor and I have over on Damian Williams rushing yards. I like it obviously a little bit less than I did yesterday in the morning, um, but I still think against this front for Houston um, that he could be able to you know bounce back and eat. Uh, any thoughts here, Alex? Yeah, I'm also backing Damian Harris um, rushing yards, rushing attempts as well. Um, yeah, I'm actually not. Comp- how do, do we know how many starters are potentially um, affected with COVID for New England's line? Possibly four. Possibly four. Yep. So, yeah, Ryan mentioned they do have depth. Um, this does kind of seem like the type of system that's predicated on having guys that can step in right away that are familiar with a very specific scheme. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry too much. Unfortunately, we have a very soft Texans front that is very much vulnerable. And, yeah, I think the, we could probably play offensive line for the Patriots against the Texans front, and <laughs> Damian Harris could probably rush for over 70 yards. So I'm not too overly concerned over it. Yeah, I think he's still, if he's getting 16 carries here, I think we're still getting the 60 without any real concerns, I'd imagine. So uh, last one before we jump into the uh, the prop pick, prop tool bets. Um, Zeke, over 75.5 against the Giants. Um, our projection has it a little bit under, uh, but I like this. I think the Giants are going to get their kicks, their teeth kicked through the back of their head this week. <laughs> I think the Cowboys just destroy them. Um, this Giants defense is not good. Uh, they're they're really not good anywhere. In particular, if you really look at some of the metrics, and um, you know, Blake Martinez is out. Like, there's just not a lot there. I think that we really haven't seen the top shelf stuff that we could see from the Cowboys. And I think we see it this week. I think they absolutely roll in a big, big, big way. Uh, any thoughts there on Zeke? I have to eat a little bit of crow here. I, I was not bullish on Zeke coming into the season. To me, I just felt like. He had kind of been on this downward uh, trajectory each and every season, and he kind of looks sapped, like a lot of his explosiveness. I know we've kind of had, you know, um, various things happen off the field. He hasn't always played. But, yeah, I've been very impressed with how he's looked. He looks explosive. I think having Pollard in the backfield has kind of motivated him um, to some extent. But, yeah, he, he looks great. He looks explosive. This is something I would definitely lean over. And, yeah, the Giants' defense, while it's – Solid, not spectacular. Um, yeah, they're missing pieces and nothing really to fear as far as the matchup's concerned. Um, yeah, no, I agree. All right, one last prop here that I'm bringing up before uh, you know before we go to the prop tool. Trey Lance rushing attempts prop just kind of dropped like about an hour ago. Uh, seven and a half. He had seven and one half last week. Um, yeah, what's the price? Minus one ten. Right now on DraftKings, I think. Uh, I think I'm playing it right now. I, I, I mean, I just, you know, I mean, seven and one half last week has shown tendency to run. As you said, 
I can't imagine doing anything outside of just drawing up RPOs and, you know, everything imaginable to get him going. So I, I think that, but you know, when it comes down to this, it'll look silly at the end of the day, but. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's pretty low. I gotta be honest. I thought I, yeah, I expect closer to nine and a half, mm-hmm. eight and a half. I would have thought I've been set up, but yeah, I'd back that as well. Yeah, I think we're light projection wise on it, Connor. I would trust your instincts. I think I'll fire at that one with you too. I'll hug that one if you toss it in there. I will. Um, Because I, yeah, I think our projections are light. So it's one of those times where our tool on the site, which we're going to show you now, is fantastic. But sometimes, um, you know, there are times when you have to trust your own research and process as well. So, um, yeah, last week the prop tool took an L in this spot. But I got to be fair. We forced it mid-show to call an audible because we took a listener question that was actually designed to be the question of the show. So um, this week we came out unscathed here in the listener portion of the show. So now we can turn it over to Sal for the prop tool bet of the week, my friend. All right, here we are. Ooh, okay. Derek Carr, passing attempts over 33 and a half. Uh, that is available at minus 120 on DraftKings. Our projections to have him about five uh, attempts over at 38 and a half. Um, against the Bears, uh, initial reaction there, Alex. Yeah, I love this. I'm fairly certain he's been over in all four of the Raider games to start the season. He's having to throw a ton. Um, I know we've got Jacobs back in the backfield, but it hasn't really mattered. The Raiders have just not been able to really generate much of a um, ground game. They've had to rely on Carr a lot. Uh, I know they are favorites in this game. Um, Some of the previous games, he did work with some game script that was beneficial to him. But yeah, I, I just expect them to have to throw the ball and have to lean on the Raiders passing attack to generate offense on them. So yeah, I think this is good. Yeah, he has gone over this total um, in every one so far this year. Maybe he was flat last week uh, against the uh, the Chargers. Connor, any thoughts on uh, on the prop tool bet of the week? Yeah, seems light. I like the over there. Uh, it probably should be like 35, something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Again, if this is new to you, this is a part of our uh, suite of tools over at 4 for 4. Again, you can see up top, it tells you how you can get used to uh, get access to this. Again, you can pick your states. Uh, you can pick your book. You can pick any of the props here available. Uh, this is updating every 10 to 15 minutes. You can adjust here on the far right side where it says adjust prop. Maybe if you have you know, a, a guy or a credit book or you're getting a different number or you can get a, a feel for running that against our projections, which are uh, really fought out some of the best in the business over the last decade plus. So, um, yeah, definitely check it out. Again, 444.com slash plans. You can get uh, our projections and this tool and another tool that's awesome too, which is a basically a prop tool explorer, which I pulled up uh, while we were looking at it. And that's how I knew how often he has hit this uh, so far this year. So uh, good stuff, Sal. Hopefully we can keep the uh, money train rolling for everyone. Uh, thank you so much for the listener questions. We really appreciate it. Uh, we will do our best to get to as many as we can every week, try and keep this show uh, right around here tucked under an hour, but we uh, appreciate you guys firing them at us and, uh, Good stuff, guys. As always, let's make some money. We'll be back to do it again next week. So for Connor and Alex, I'm Ryan. Thanks, everyone.